Hey, Urban Farm Podcast listeners. If you're as passionate about preserving the bounty of each season as we are, hey, I canned my first peaches at the age of 18, and that was a long time ago, then you're going to love what our friends over at Denali Canning have in store for you. They're on a mission to spread the love and knowledge of food preservation, and they're inviting you to join the journey for free. Right now, Denali Canning is offering free canning lids to anyone who wants to dive deeper into the world of food preservation. Yes, you heard that right, absolutely free. It's the perfect opportunity for both seasoned canners and those curious about starting. Denali is about quality, reliability, and supporting the canning community, ensuring that you get the best results every time you preserve. So why not give it a try? Visit DenaliCanning.com forward slash free to claim your free lids and start your preserving adventures today. That's DenaliCanning.com forward slash free. Greetings, urban farmers, gardeners, and healthy food visionaries. Farmer Greg here, and welcome to the 637th episode of the Urban Farm Podcast, where every day we work together to educate and inspire you to become part of your food revolution. Today is Farmer Friday, a quick gardening tidbit. Each episode will feature less than 10 minutes of essential content for your growing success. Today, we're talking with Christy Wilhelmy of Gardener.com about growing great berries. Welcome back, Christy. Thank you. Thanks for continuing to play, and I love seeing your smiling face. I know our, our listeners can only hear your smiling face, but it's nice to see you. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Well, good to see you, too. So growing great berries. First of all, you wrote a book about this, sort of. did. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, the sort of yes. part is, is about fruit trees, but it also includes berries, right? Yeah. There is a chapter on growing berries and other small fruits in my book, Grow Your Own Mini Fruit Garden, which came out in May of 2020. Nice. One, 2021. 2021. This yeah. year. It's just a blur. The whole <laughs> right. thing is a blur. Oh, yeah. yeah. So growing great berries. Talk to me about that. Yeah, I love growing berries because they're, you know, they're seasonal and so they're precious, right? Oh, and yes. That's a good way of putting it. <laughs> I feel like we don't really appreciate the effort that goes into them. And some of them grow wild, like, you know, your cane berries, your blackberries and raspberries and boysenberries and loganberries. Those can grow kind of wild. And I think some people are afraid of them because they have thorns, but they're really fun to grow. And I recommend them for small spaces, even if you've only got a patio or a balcony. Cool. And what kind of berries are available? Because, you know, when I think berries, I think blueberries, strawberries, and maybe raspberries, but that's right. not the case. Well, it depends on where you live. So Northern climates can grow things like currants and gooseberries. And there's even a gooseberry for Southern climates, which is kind of bizarre to me, but, you know, like fruit trees, they need their chill hours. Some of them have a high chill hour requirement. Others are low chill, mm -hmm. like blueberries. You can find low chill blueberries easily in nurseries if they're selling the right thing, which not, you know, some of them aren't, but so strawberries are very basic. And so for people who are just getting into growing, there are dune bearing varieties and ever bearing varieties and then day neutral, but a lot of places lump day neutral varieties in with ever bearing so, and I'll explain. Thank what those you. Are. I was going to say, all right, what are those terms? 
Yeah. So June bearing varieties are for people who like to make preserves and jam. They kind of happen all at once over the summer and you get a bigger harvest kind of all at once. Whereas ever bearing varieties will give you a smaller harvest, but throughout the season and where I live, where we don't have a, a cold you know, season, really, it's no, there's no frost. We are even getting berries in December and February. So you'll wow. get a harvest all through the year, but to smaller, you know, you're picking a few here and there kind of thing instead of having a bushel full. So it's, those are more for eating types. Uh -huh. So it's a good idea to plant both. If you want to mix it up a bit, you'll have a higher harvest in the, you know, in the summer months, spring and summer months, but the, you know, they're fun to grow. Now, are we talking just strawberries on this June berry and ever bearing? Yeah, a June and Everbearing are specific to strawberries. When you get into the others like blueberries and blackberries and raspberries and lemonberries and all the, the cross, you know, cross varieties of those, those are more, those are just kind of what they are. So mostly you want to focus on chill hours for those, choosing the right mm -hmm. variety for your climate. And there are some that like, let's talk about cane berries for a minute. Those are the ones that are going to have usually thorns on them, but there are thornless mm -hmm. varieties. Those are your blackberries, raspberries, poisonberries, et cetera. And they are most likely running types. Most of the time when you plant them, if you plant them in the ground, they're going to start coming up, you know, at a good distance from the mother plant They're or they will root themselves mm. from canes that droop over and anchor. So for me, I, I have, I took one blackberry cane and I planted it in a pot, but I didn't put that pot on a saucer. I put it right on the soil uh -oh. it down through. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know where this is going. It went down through the drainage hole and now I have plants coming up 15 feet away from the mother plant. That is what blackberries do. And so if you want to contain them in a small space, put them on the patio or in a container with a saucer on the bottom or a mm -hmm. nice trough planter with a saucer on the bottom or elevated, you know, and then they'll do really well like that. I have, I have clients where I've planted boysenberries in a trough planter that was up on casters. And so, and it's on a pay on a, like a basketball court. So, right. Those berries were so happy in that container and we trellis them up and, you know, they kind of back every year. It's pretty easy to maintain. They don't need a lot of food. They're, they're fairly easy to grow. So I like them for that reason. Nice. And you mentioned something that's a really important distinction that we need to make because it is the difference between, oh, you just bought a plant and you're going to get fruit and, oh, you just bought a plant and forget it. It ain't never going to happen. And that's called chill hours. Right. Chill hours, very important. So chill hours are technically temperatures between 32 degrees Fahrenheit and 45 degrees Fahrenheit over winter during the plant's dormant season or the fruit tree's dormant season. And uh, yeah, I think your listeners have probably heard a lot about this in regard to fruit trees, but the same applies to berries. So yeah. there, a lot of berries need 1,200 chill hours. And where I live, wow. we get like 150 to 300. So we don't grow those. Right. So, <laughs> but you want to seek out low chill varieties if you live in climates that are coastal or don't get a lot of chill hours. So or in the it, desert. Exactly. Right. So you, you have the same problem as we do here in Southern, sunny Southern California. And it's a matter of, I mean, you can create microclimates where sometimes those things will work, but, yeah. or, or they'll maybe adapt. It's not a general rule of thumb, though, is choose the varieties that are going to work where you live. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's a big key. Make sure that you know how many chill hours you get in your area and then make sure you buy one that's chill hour appropriate. Exactly. Awesome. Yeah. All right. What else about berries? Well, when it comes to things like blueberries, they really need acidic soil. Oh, yeah. So that's one of the things where... <laughs> 
I don't know. I have really alkaline soil. Folks on the East Coast and Northern Territories have alkaline or acidic soil, but I do not. And you probably don't either. We don't right? either. Yeah. 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 So we, I, for that reason, blueberries grow really well in containers because you just fill it with acid planting mix, you know, something that says rhododendron or azalea mix on the bag. Mm-hmm. And, or you can, I have had people plant them in straight peat moss, but I'm not a big fan of peat moss. So right. You know, but that's what's in acid planting mix anyway. It's naturally uh, acidic. And generally speaking, with berries, when you plant them, they don't want to be fertilized right away. Give them four to six weeks before you start fertilizing them. That is something I learned during my, yeah, I know. It's like, oh, really? They want to get their good root system going first and then give them food and then they'll start producing above ground. And of course, like with a lot of things, best time to plant is in the fall. And they'll overwinter developing strong roots. And then when they jump in spring, they'll, you'll get fruit. Otherwise, if you're planting, like don't plant in the middle of summer right? or, or even late spring, plant really as early as you can, as early as your soil can be worked. And, you know, they may take a year to get going when you plant them in the spring, but if you plant them in the fall, you're more likely to get a harvest right away. Wow. How cool. You know, I got to know something. You are like one of the smartest gardening people I know. The conversations (laughs) that we have had have been amazing. Give me 30 seconds on how this happened. How this happened. I, gosh, I will, I, 30 seconds. I am a nerd. That's what gardening, garden nerd is all about. It's like when you just, you can never learn everything about gardening. And so I just find that I'm fascinated by the science behind it. And I dove in really deeply and you know early on the information sticks now it kind of slides off my brain but it uh it's just one of those things that you can never learn at all and so it's one of those fascinations and obsessions and addictions that you can have (laughs) that's healthy right amen to that so tell me about your latest book i'm really excited about that Sure. So grow your own mini fruit garden. It is all about growing fruits in small spaces, including berries that we just talked about. Mm -hmm. And basically it is going to walk you through the process of choosing the right location, choosing the right fruit trees for your area, design concepts of how to make them work in small spaces and some really cool backyard orchard culture techniques, which I'm going to talk about in a different presentation with you. And then stuff on berries and then pest control and how to prune. And yeah, it's basically everything you need to know. So if you are planning to plant a fruit tree or some berries, it's going to really help you along the way. Well, And I don't want people to get put off by the title, your own mini fruit garden, because backyard orchard culture is all about keeping our trees small anyways, right? Exactly. So yeah. it's, it's for whatever size yard you have, mm-hmm. even if it were, even if you have acres, it's just about getting more of it, you know, putting more of it to use. Yes, really. absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. And where can people find you? People can find me at gardennerd.com, G-A-R-D-E-N-E-R-D.com. And we're on all the social media places and I've got a podcast and a YouTube channel as well. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us once again. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast. Remember to listen for tips, advice, and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming. You can find us on the web at urbanfarm.org or send us an email to podcast at urbanfarm.org. In the words of Vincent Van Gogh, great things are done by a series of small things brought together. Be encouraged that with each lesson learned and skill developed, you are one step closer in the direction of your dreams. 
Hey, Urban Farm Podcast listeners. If you're as passionate about preserving the bounty of each season as we are, hey, I canned my first peaches at the age of 18, and that was a long time ago, then you're going to love what our friends over at Denali Canning have in store for you. They're on a mission to spread the love and knowledge of food preservation, and they're inviting you to join the journey for free. Right now, Denali Canning is offering free canning lids to anyone who wants to dive deeper into the world of food preservation. Yes, you heard that right, absolutely free. It's the perfect opportunity for both seasoned canners and those curious about starting. Denali is about quality, reliability, and supporting the canning community, ensuring that you get the best results every time you preserve. So why not give it a try? Visit DenaliCanning.com forward slash free to claim your free lids and start your preserving adventures today. That's DenaliCanning.com forward slash free.